to the International House of Horrors. Valued guests, and welcome back to the International House of Horrors, your place to come, your your mecca for all things terrible, horrible, scary, bloody, gory, and the macabre. I am one of your curators, Joe Merle. And I'm Josh. Hi. And you're already making us sound like a holy place, so we're, we're getting big. <laughs> right. You've got to make your pilgrimage. Uh, this yeah. is the sanctuary of spooky, folks. This is where you come to hear us. Talk about all things, all things horror. Josh, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Well, we're, we're in a bit of a time difference for anyone who doesn't know. So I'm in Germany. I already have a whole day behind me. I've been awake for like, uh, let me see, uh, 16 hours now. And <laughs> <laughs> we're now recording and then I got to get right back to sleep so I can get up in uh, in a yes. few hours already. <laughs> get, uh, we appreciate Josh's commitment to the show. And making himself available in the evening, his time. Um, yeah. But we will. Uh, we'll just. We'll just start the show off right. And I've got something that I wrote down. I wanted a couple things I wanted to bring to the table today. Oh, and I think I should have mentioned this episode six for anybody who is counting. But oh, yeah. uh, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Will, from over at the the Hey Down Front podcast. What's up, Will? Thanks for for giving me this idea. But he, he sent me a text message, and he said, um, and this is what I'm going to want to do hopefully next week, after we establish something this week, he said, who would you consider the second-tier horror icons? And I was like, okay, second-tier. Like, who's not? And that got me to thinking, like, who are the top-tier horror icons? Because you can't have a second-tier until you've established the first-tier. So that's what I wanted to talk about, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about today. And I thought we could just kind of bounce some names back and forth. I'll, I'll jot stuff down as we get our, our top 10 list. And if anybody listening has anyone that we missed and you're just like, what the hell? How could you forget about fucking Puppet Master? You're crazy. What are you talking about? We want to hear from you. So let us know. But So we're going to try to establish this um, top 10. And we're talking not actors, not directors, but actual characters. Characters in horror movies. And for me, how I, how I approached this and how I looked at you, and maybe I can get some of your thought process was how recognizable they are without any words or anything around them. Just seeing the image to me is like, that's how you get like a Mickey Mouse or a, a Mario Brothers where you just have to see the image, you know exactly who it is. That was one of my criteria for the top 10. What was your criteria for um, somebody who's iconic, I guess? Yeah, I, I also went with like, if, if I think of this, uh, of the top tier horror characters, what are the people that pop into my head right away? You like without even thinking about them. And also, um, I'm not going as much by picture, but more by name. So what are right. the, the, where you just hear the name and everyone knows exactly who you're talking about and doesn't matter who you're talking to. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I think that's a great way to approach it. Even though there's a couple on my list that I think if you, if you went by name, a lot of people might not know. Uh, but I think that's good. That's why I wanted to have this conversation and see, you know, kind of, kind of bounce back and forth and see what we come up with. So, uh, I, I did think though we should start by getting what I call the Trinity out of the way, the the horror <laughs> Trinity. I, I wasn't sure if you would go with Trinity or with the the Big Four because 
I could even see uh, you picking p- the big four. I think I know who you were talking about for the uh, the fourth <laughs> one, but I do think the the Trinity, as I like to call them, are probably the most iconic horror icons of all time. And and if anyone disagrees with me, please let me know. But that is <laughs> Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. The, those are I, that that was the first thing I, I thought of. Those are the big three. Like those are the ones you gotta pick. Like if if you pick top three those are the three and uh yeah my the, the fourth one of course uh that, that i was thinking of right away was a letter face also because you're such a big fan of the texas chainsaw massacre uh, and all its sequels uh, so i thought maybe you'll pick him as well but yeah the, the top three so leatherface no leatherface is on my list so i'm gonna if you're in agreement we'll add him as the number four it sounds like you're in agreement yeah. Even yeah. though I don't, uh, you know what though, you're probably right. There's a lot of people, especially with the the Platinum Dune remakes that Michael Bay and then put out, and we we've had some like really the most recent one, the uh, just called Leatherface, the the origin story. That was a pretty tough watch, but for the most part, I think people see that, and even if they don't know Leatherface, they'll say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, exactly. That, that's an idea that everyone is aware of and part of the culture. Everybody understands who this who this character is. So I've got so those four are already made the list. Um, yeah. So you, the, the question now is, um, do we have to put them in order? Like, do we have to pick a number one? Because I think that's going to be really hard. Well, maybe once we're done, we'll see how much time we've got. We could we could try. Um, <laughs> I, I I've got my ideas about who would be. Well, I don't know. I guess that would be something <laughs> we'd have to talk back and forth about. Uh, yeah. But who else did you have on your list? I want to see if any of these. Uh, Toss, toss a name out there. Yeah, so the, the next one that, that came to mind right away is uh, Jigsaw. Or I, I'm not sure if you take the Jigsaw killer, if you take the puppet, because that's like the image that people think of. But that's uh, that, uh, that's probably the, the most recent iconic uh, uh, mainstream killer. Like everyone knows who Jigsaw is by now. I, I think you're right, though. I don't know if it would be Jigsaw or Billy the Puppet. Yeah, but in the end, it's the same guy, right? It's Jigsaw, and he's he's using the puppet. So interestingly enough, I didn't even write Jigsaw down. <laughs> but I, I think you are... Um, so we're just going to keep going with the list, and then we might have to do some some chopping and, and stuff after the fact. Because I got a couple that I don't know if some people would even agree. But I think you are right. In modern horror, I mean, post-year 2000, probably the most iconic uh, horror figure we've had in a, in a long time. Yeah, Actually, I I think it's well. I guess um, the the only other well, he's not that recent. The the other most recent uh, that that I'm not sure if he even counts would be maybe Death from the Final Destination franchise, where it's also like those those are the the recent movies that have lots of sequels that have a character, but that's not even a real character, right? No, I don't. I don't it's, think I would count that as a character because yeah. it's it. It, you never, I mean, it manifests itself every once in a while, but you can never put it on a poster and be like, oh, yeah. I know exactly what that is. Whereas with the, the jigsaw or the puppet, I think you could throw that on a poster and people would immediately yeah. know that's another Saw movie. Which leads me to my next one, which is relatively recent, I would say, in the world of horror, but Ghostface. Yeah. From he, the, he was the one I, I thought of first, but then I thought... That's already the '90s, right? Like, well, there was one in 2014 with him. So there but, was, was uh, it 2014? It was Scream Four. Was I don't remember the exact pretty year. Pretty late. But it, 
something in the tens. I know. Right, because it was after Hayden Pelletier, whatever her name is, had already been done with heroes for a while. Yeah, exactly. And, but that uh, that I think Emma Roberts is, is the, the, the lead well, it's still Nev Campbell as the lead. Right, Nev Campbell still is the lead, yeah. but and one of the Culkin brothers, Rory, Rory Culkin, I think. Yeah, I think played the played the film guy in that. But I think the the ghost face mask and just because those became so after that movie came out, I mean every Halloween you still see Ghostface. You yeah, still see I, I wore the, the mask last year for Halloween. Nice. Because it's I mean it's a creepy mask. It really is. And the, the yeah. Ghostface killer himself was such a new idea. It was this this meta world where they were addressing the tropes of horror movies in the movie, but still making it fun and enjoyable at the same time. Yeah. They were like, it was almost like they were looking in the mirror and kind of laughing a little bit about it. Like, we know this is kind of silly. We know it's a little bit ridiculous. But then, I mean, that opening sequence is still one of my favorites. And and probably, I would say, my top 10 horror sequences when he's chasing um, Drew Barrymore through the backyard and comes around her with the knife and just drives it right into the chest, you know, and then the, she sees the parents going by. She's all bloody crawling. Eh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got stabbed, blah, blah. But yeah. Ghostface is, uh, I think, uh, a must. To yeah, be on he's the list. a must. I, I've got a question for a character that I'm not sure if he would fit. But what what do you think about uh, Samara from The Ring? I think recognizable, but I don't think by name. I don't think most people would say Samara's like. Oh, but I mean, you're diehard horror fans, and even I'm probably just a casual horror fan. So yeah, I, I think, if you like horror, you you would think of the name. But yeah, if she's also, if we if we also go by like, go, do we just go by how recognizable, or do we also pick like what are the best? Because if if we think about like movie wise, for example, there's basically just one good ring movie with Samara with the American right. version. I think so I think the 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 very idea of like a top tier and an icon is even if you don't enjoy it, you can still you still know it. Like even someone who never listened to a Michael Jackson record knows who the fuck Michael Jackson is. That's because true. Okay, yeah. It's just, and that's where I think I, I was kind of going, the direction I was going in. So even if somebody doesn't know horror, like I had someone when I was working the other day, they said was that, or they were talking about these uh, horror, they're like, how oh, I hate horror movies, yada, yada. And they're like, what's that uh, Friday the 3rd, or Friday on Elm Street? And <laughs> in their mind, though, it was such a part of the culture that they knew those terms, even though they hate the idea of these movies. Yeah. And they probably also knew at least the name Jason or Freddy, right. even without. Wasn't that the, wasn't that the name of the the documentary? His name was Jason. Uh, I, th- I think it was. I, it was good. And there was Crystal Lake Memories. There was like two documentaries. Yeah, I know about Crystal Lake Memories. That's the big one. Yeah, yeah. I want to say his name was Jason. Was another one. That's such a good line. His name was Jason. <laughs> That's an awesome title. Uh, okay, so the next one I had on the list. And I think this is the one where I drew, where, where I was saying, I don't know if anyone would know the name, but the face is so iconic that they would immediately be able to identify is Regan McNeil. I, I, when, when you said that, I thought he probably is going to say uh, her name. Yeah. That, that, so I think at least the first name, at least Regan, I think people would actually recognize that name. I, I would hope so, but I feel like nine out of ten, maybe people who aren't very, they would still say that's The Exorcist. They they know <laughs> yeah. that image. I mean, it's been parodied, you know, so many times. the The vomit scene has been done over and over again, but they can you can see her face 
and immediately know that's the exorcist yeah that's what i'm also about that, to watch. that that face was actually a meme back in the day when the internet started there were always these these videos where then at some point the regan fa the regan face yeah. would ah! pop up would yeah scream. exactly yeah <laughs> scream at you so i say so, um I, i think regan is absolutely up there as as an icon um a movie especially that's that old that still holds the weight that it does today yeah. i think makes it makes it top shelf yeah for sure and yeah everyone will recognize her right um I had someone in mind, but I just forgot them. So uh, do you have anyone else? On your yeah, list? I've got a few more. Um, the next one, I think it could probably almost put up there with the big four as recognizability is Chucky. Charles Lee Ray. The Chucky <laughs> yeah. doll is everywhere. Yeah, everyone would know Chucky. I, I think people would have problems with uh, Charles Lee Ray. But right. everyone would know Chucky. Chucky, that's the little doll. Yeah, yeah everybody's I, terrified of Chucky. Yeah. Well, not even terrified. He's just, yeah, I mean, you see him at like Spencer's and, and Hot Topic and every um, Halloween you see Chucky masks are out. And we're seeing this um, even in the past couple years. What, we had two movies in the last four years, five years? Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky. He, oh, yeah. he just doesn't ever seem to go away. And I think the first one was, I want to say, 88. I might be wrong, but I want to say it was 88. Something in the late 80s, yeah. Yeah, like so it, I mean, it, was, it, it was switching from actual scary slashes to these, like... Like, it. I, I take Chucky and I would put it on the exact same level as the Leprechaun movies. Right. Leprechaun. Like, I, when I, uh, when I uh, thought a bit about the list, I thought I, I could put them both on one spot... Also, they're both just half-sized, so you can stack them as one. <laughs> right. But for, for me, they're always like one spot. They're, they're basically the same. Yeah, they, they are. And, I mean, you're talking about a movie that's 30 years old, you know, a franchise that started that long ago that's still, still relevant and new ones coming out. <coughs> and just the Chucky face. Everybody knows the good guy doll face. Yeah. Been around forever. After that one, I've got Pinhead. Yeah, of course he's he's the 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 classic. I haven't seen many movies with him. Like I've only seen the first two Hellraiser movies. You could stop and right there and you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the others are mostly banned over here, I think. But at some point, I will get to them all. I you know what? It. Hell on Earth. The the third one had a pretty cool uh, nightclub sequence. I just remember like a bunch of records and CDs like flying into people's faces. Um, but Pinhead just and he, he's probably the most. Uh, the name itself is completely relevant to who the character is. Yeah, if you see the face, you know right. the name. That, that's a head full of pins. Oh, we'll just yeah. call him him Pinhead. Uh, but I think he's a he's definitely up there. There's been I, I don't remember what judgment was, what number in the series judgment is, but there's been been so many uh, Hellraiser movies. And then this one I think could be argued. So I want to get your thoughts on this because I do think. This is very iconic, and it, it started so much in the world, but I wrote Bruce from Jaws. Yeah, I I think he is, uh, even the name, like, it's a name that you can recognize by now. Right. Like, Everybody's if, heard if you story. say Bruce, you know that's the shark from uh, Jaws. Well, especially after Nemo, and they named the shark, the Great White's name is Bruce, as a, as a nod to, to Spielberg. But that, I mean, this movie started the, the summer blockbuster. In 1975, yeah. nothing like this had been done before 
And you just, it, I mean, it also, it, it's sad that it started a bunch of people murdering sharks all over the world. Like, even the author came out and he's like, I, I never intended for this to happen. Like, I apologize because he really did make people afraid to go swimming. And if yeah. that's not iconic, if you can't, if you can change the way the world views the ocean with a movie, that's pretty iconic. And without Jaws, we wouldn't have Sharknados <laughs> and Sharktopus versus Mecha Shark, uh, Crocosaurus versus, versus Sharkadon, whatever the case may be. It all started with Bruce from Jaws. And then the last one I have, which to me I feel has become a lot more relevant, not so much when the movie came out, but it's become much more relevant, I would say, in the last three or four years. I see so much more merchandising and people dressed up as this character. It was only one movie. The character never talked, and it is Sam from Trick or Treat. He's like a, a fan favorite by now, but I'm not sure if I, I think that character and that movie is still kind of on the low. Like, it's it's not on the same level as these other characters we've talked about. I think, actually, more people might know just the puppet and the, the face that never heard of the movie. So I'm... Yeah, I, I, see, I, I, yeah, I he's, could see that. He's getting more and more famous, but I, I wonder if it's really the character or just, like, the picture. Like, you know, when you have uh, a T-shirt with... Um, What's his name again? The uh, the uh, Che Guevara, uh, Guevara, I uh, Che. The everyone wears uh, the T-shirt with his face on. Uh, I I can't remember his. Oh, uh, Che Che Che. Uh, uh, yes, uh, yeah, yes, exactly. Like people know that face, but they don't really know about the guy at all. And I wonder if it's the same with uh, with Sam, who's just like. It's it's just this, yeah, this could, face. Yeah, I could see that. And that's why I, yeah. I, I said it's it's up for debate. Be, and part of that is yeah. I'm super biased. I love that movie. I, I think Trick or Treat <laughs> yeah. is great. And I think the imagery of Sam, you know, this this little guy almost looks like a little kid on Halloween with a big ass head with a, a burlap sack on his face, walking yeah. around dragging a, a bag of candy behind him. So maybe Sam doesn't make the cut now. Maybe you need a few more years, Sam. Yeah. To um, Okay, so right now I've got 10. I, I've got one more though, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the the one that I thought of, and I think he got like he was famous, he was scary, but he got on a whole other level last year when the new movie came out. Pennywise the clown. Yes, I I think he's like he he was. I almost wrote before. it down. <laughs> I almost wrote it down only because of the global phenomenon that is it yeah. right now. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the new movie made him like a superstar. Right. Yeah, everybody knows. And and it's not even just everybody like adult horror fans, it's kids. Everybody yeah. knows who Pennywise the Clown is. You know, they walk by the sewer grate and they're like, uh whereas we used to I used to think, maybe not you used to think, I used to be like, Oh, the Ninja Turtles are down there. Now these kids are <laughs> like, There's a fucking monster down there who wants to bite my arms off. Yeah, exactly. But I, I would agree that Pennywise, um now will it hold up? Because the the T V miniseries is what I grew up with and I had seen as a kid and continued to watch and, and Pennywise always scared me. And I could same, pick, same you here. Could, yeah. yeah, you could pick Pennywise out of a lineup no matter what. But I think right now it's, it's just unbelievably popular. Yeah. The, the, and we've got the, the second one coming out, um, I think next year. 
I know they started shooting it. I, I don't know if it's aimed for next year. I want to say it's aimed for next year. Yeah, I think 2019 going. is what they what they are going for. So we'll get the second half of that, but we will get the same Pennywise. And interestingly, that's the only um, Stephen King character. I mean, there's some other ones, but I think we'll maybe get to some of those when we get to the second tier. Because there's some other yeah, ones probably. I think of, you know, even Cujo. I mean, a dog. Like, everybody knows that scary, foamy mouth dog or Carrie. I think it, people see Carrie. You see Sissy Spacek covered in blood. You, even if you don't know what her name is, you're like, Carrie. I know. Yeah. Well, I guess you do know her name because that's the name of the movie. But <laughs> you do understand uh, what that is. But I think that's when we get into the second tier stuff. So right now, um, so is there anybody else you can think of? Yeah, I, I've got one more that's maybe up for debate. I think he's... It's well, it's not the only Oscar winning movie on there because we also got The Exorcist on there, but um there's always Hannibal Lecter who's Ooh, yeah. He he is a horror villain even though the first movie uh lots of people say is just a psychological thriller. But I would classify it as a horror and uh That's sequels, horror. I would say it's yeah. horror. Yeah. yeah. As as you know, I always say it's horror. So. <laughs> I know you pull some weird shit and say it's horror. But I'm like, Josh, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, but, but yes, Hannibal Lecter, definitely terrifying. And I, I don't even know if it would be just Hannibal Lecter, but that image of him in the mask, in yeah, the, exactly. the restraint, and you know, tied to the gurney in the in the straps. I think that's the one that most people know. Yeah. So I. But I also, say I he's think contender. Uh, it's it's so tied to the character uh, to the actor still that. Even now, lots of people who see, um, now I can't think, uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins yeah. will think of Hannibal first. That's the one they think of. Well, same with like a Robert Unglund and Freddy Krueger. You can't, yeah, but they, they people don't People don't recognize, like you can, for people who are not horror fans, you can put Robert Englund in a movie and the people will not know, oh, that's Freddy. Uh, uh, yeah, I could see that. Same with Kane Hodder, for example. They, they always have these cameos, and then I have to tell the others, oh, that's that's the Freddy character. That's that's Jason. That's so funny that he's in there. But I think that, that also ties back to, um, you know, not many of these people have played the character through every iteration of, of the series. Like, most people, a lot of people do argue that Kane Hodder is their favorite uh, Jason. Just he, he had a certain way about him, the way he walked, his, his presence on screen... Uh, but Robert Unglund, for everything but that remake, has been Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And the same with the Chucky has been uh, voiced by, what is it, Brad Dorf? 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 Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he, he's always done that voice of Chucky. And I Michael think, Myers, uh, we've had a ton. That's kind of historically been stuntmen. <laughs> because yeah. when uh, when Carpenter, actually, I think, in the original Halloween, they uh, all the documentaries and stuff that I've watched about the movie, they said sometimes they just have nobody on set, and they'd be like, hey, you, come here, you got to... <laughs> Put on like even when he's a kid, I think it's Deborah Hill's hand is the one getting the knife out of the drawer yeah. and putting the mask on. So that was traditionally stuntmen. Uh, some uh, of the other Leatherface, everybody argues Gunner was the best Leatherface, which yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, Jigsaw has always been the same. Yeah, Tobin oh, Bell. Yeah, well, Tobin Bell. In in the end, at at later movies, Tobin Bell dies in the fourth movie, and then it's all it, the other people. But it's still Tobin Bell and the puppet mostly. well he always finds a way to come back or they always yeah. find a way to put him in there i mean regan mcneil we had the second exorcist that uh, the heretic that for a lot of fans is just not there uh <laughs> belinda blair went on to have a pretty successful career in horror a few things here and there pinhead i think that not this one but the last one was the first time that um 
Shea, what's Doug his name? Brad- Doug yeah, Bradley. Doug Bradley. Wasn't, role, yeah. wasn't, uh, wasn't Pinhead. And then Pennywise, of course, we've only had two iterations. And that is the, the amazing Tim Curry and now Bill Skarsgård. But I think with Hannibal Lecter, it's because he's not hidden behind any makeup or any mask. Kind of the same way Tobin Bell was. Even though he, yeah. I guess he wore the, wasn't he in the pig head a couple times? Yeah, a few times. But he's always coming out in the end without the mask. Right. So you always see him without the mask on, so you can see him there. And then Bruce from Jaws, the no mask, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also <Yes>. no actor. <laughs> okay, so we've got a total right here of 12. So we're going to have to get rid of two. Um, so we'll put, I'll put some stars, at least the top four we know for sure. Yeah, Freddie, Jason, are. Michael, and Leatherface. Um, I think I'm with you on Jigsaw. I think Jigsaw is a, a global thing. It's not even an isolated just a horror movie fans. And as you said, even if it's not Tobin Bell, people know the Billy Puppet. That Billy Puppet yeah. is creepy. I, I want one real bad. <laughs> um, I'd say Ghostface stays. Uh, do you think Chucky? Chucky should stay on the list. I, I think just from the recognition alone. Right. Yeah. So now I, we've got... Oh, go ahead. I, I think... <laughs> What I would uh, throw off the list is probably um, a Bruce from Jaws because he he kind of doesn't fit the list as well as all the others in in just right. like he he's just a shark in the end like it's <laughs> Don't it's tell not Bruce really that. A, <laughs> yeah it's it's not really a horror vill- villain in that case uh, no, I know like, I think I agree with you yeah. there I, I'm willing to take Bruce off the list so the We've got a few more. So this is what's left. We've got Regan McNeil, Pinhead, Pennywise, and Hannibal Lecter. And we got uh, three more spots. So we got to yep. kick one more off. One more has got to go. And for me, I think um, it would be a toss-up between Pennywise and Hannibal. And I, I say that especially with Hannibal because even though I do classify Silence of the Lambs a horror movie, when you look at everybody else on this list, Hannibal Lecter, I don't think fits in the same way. There's no, because almost everyone else, there is a supernatural element to the horror. And I think this is more traditional. When you ask somebody to name a couple horror movies, I don't think anyone would ever start with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, they would probably get I, there eventually. But I think <laughs> if, if they would say Halloween, Friday the 13th, The Exorcist is, I mean, on most people's list, when you read, like, best horror movies of all time, The Exorcist is almost always in top three. And yeah, for the, sure. And, and it, we have to come to a place, too, while doing this show and even just be a little bit um, honest with ourselves that not everyone likes horror movies as intensely as we do. Yeah. And so for a lot of people, these are accessible horror movies. It's it's not super obscure or weird or or too far off the beaten path, but I think these are all uh, very manageable for a lot of people to get into. So unless you can argue against Hannibal, that would be my vote. Yeah, I th- I think I agree with you. We we should uh, kick Hannibal out. I also I I started it off with he's like we can discuss him because right. I'm not sure if he fully fits. So I would kick him off as not the typical horror villain that we would think of. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. So this is our top 10 horror icons, the top tier, the uh, the upper echelon of horror. We've got Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface, Jigsaw, Ghostface, Regan, Chucky, Pinhead, and Pennywise. 
which I think is a pretty solid list. It makes me want to go watch all those movies now. <laughs> yeah, go back for in. Sure. And right now we won't put them all into uh, into order. But so thanks, Will, just for the idea, for sparking the idea. And but we're gonna have to maybe over the next couple couple episodes, even if we want to do it next week, um, get into the second tier, which I think is where it's more fun because you can. Yeah. Um, you can really get people thinking about maybe some some stuff that they wouldn't think right off the top. Like when he asked me second tier, one of the first names I think I texted back to him was Farmer Vincent from Motel Hell, which I think he's just such an amazing horror villain, but not one that everybody knows. And and this is where you get to, and I think with the second tier is where you get more of in depth with your horror fans, the people who have watched yeah. a lot of the weird stuff that maybe isn't around. Like I think I even mentioned Victor Crowley, who's kind of come up. I, I was almost thinking about bringing him up for this list because, but he's still just among the hardcore horror fans. But those have Victor Crowley almost at the same level as Freddy Jason and uh, Michael Myers by now. Uh, there, there's lots of big fans of Victor Crowley and uh, Hatchet movies. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, because he really is the closest thing we've had to a 80s type slasher yeah. in a long time. And I, I think I wrote down Cropsey uh, from The Burning which, yeah. you know, complete Friday the 13th ripoff, but still still a lot I, of fun. After I saw that, I wrote a review for The Burning and said, um, The Burning, uh, naming that movie The Burning is as if we would uh, call Friday the 13th The Drowning. Right. And that it would be the same movie, just same <laughs> right. difference. Um, right. And of course, who we're going to bring up uh, when we do that list is uh, Leslie Vernon, who is probably one of my favorites. Oh yeah, uh, from uh, yeah the mob. And that's the mob. yeah. So we'll 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 hold on to some of those, and then we'll do um, uh, we'll do that after we'll do the second tier horror icons. And like I said at the beginning before we started, if there's anyone we missed or your personal favorite or who you think deserves, send us an email with an argument. Make the argument of why this uh, this person should be on this list, and and we'll take it into into consideration. And exactly. Speaking of the the horror icons, Josh, you and I both recently had a chance to read, and I believe you pronounce his last name Anoska. Was that how you'd say it? Antoska? Antoska? Oh, I actually have no idea how to pronounce his name. It's uh, yeah, it's hard. A N T O S C A, which I think it'd be an an Anoska. But Nick Anoska did a script in 2015 for Platinum Dunes when they were first looking to reboot. The Friday the 13th franchise, and this would be the, the 13th film in the franchise. They did it in, what was it, 2009 was when they tried to do it the first time, which yeah. there, there's parts of that 2009 movie that I enjoy. First couple times I saw it, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, you're, you're ruining everything I love. But the more I've watched it over the years, I think the opening sequence is great. I think the the entire opening sequence, the kids out in the woods, felt like Friday the 13th. Now, outside of that, I think there's some good moments, but it's still just Jason didn't feel like Jason to me. In the same way that in the Texas Chainsaw remakes, Leatherface just, they, they did some weird things with the character that I wasn't a huge fan of, but I did love Arlie Ermey as the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Hoyt, because he was just all kinds of scary. Like that was scarier than Leatherface ever was. Yeah, one one thing that we have to discuss at some at some further point is um, actually I've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake before I even saw the original, and I really really enjoy that remake. 
and I know you really hate it. <laughs> so at 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 some point we have to talk about yes. that movie. You know but what? The, I think the the first one I didn't I don't completely hate. The first one I thought they did an okay job with. It was when we got to the beginning and then Texas Chainsaw 3D because uh, that was the one where they brought Bill Mosley in and and they they kind of every, they set it up the the almost a direct sequel to the first one and the the sheriff showing up to the house and them they're like we need the boy send out the boy and they're like we got to protect our family blah 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 and they have the big shootout and then all these years later um Alexandra Daddario is cousins with Leatherface and now they become friends and she's like cousin oh yeah we're friends now it's not how leatherface works i don't think but <laughs> yeah. to be fair we had some shit sequels in the original run that fourth one is pretty hard to watch <laughs> the the next uh, generation yeah. Yeah, I, I've only seen uh, the first two uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies and the remake, the, the original from 2003, I think. And it was one of the first movies I ever bought, so it has a special place in my heart. Very nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let, let, let's get to that uh, script that we both read. <laughs> yeah, so this script, it was the first draft of this script, and I would encourage everybody to go out. Uh, we are going to do some spoiler stuff, but this is never going to get made. But it's still really fun to uh, to read, and it's available everywhere. I don't remember exactly where I found it, but I think I just typed it in. It showed up on a website one time, and then I just sent you the link. The PDF's yeah. available. It was the first draft of this script that they were looking at. And so overall, as a whole, would you have wanted to see this as a movie? Yes. I, At least from just reading it, I had lots of fun. I, I had some problems with it. I'm... I probably would would hate it more if I saw the done movie, and like you know when you watch a movie of this caliber, like of the Friday the Thirteenth, you you get nitpicky really quickly. I yeah. think at least for me, and um, so seeing it as a movie would probably I would have probably not liked it as much seeing it on the screen as I did enjoy reading the the script. But I really enjoyed the script. I, I think I, I told you this. I was reading it and I got to a um, really interesting uh, stage in, in the script, like towards the end. And I actually missed my exit on the train because I was so <laughs> into reading it that I didn't look up often enough and missed getting out. And so I got off Which is the awesome. station later. <laughs> so I I really, really liked that script and I had a lot of fun reading it. What do you think? It, I, I'm with you. I, I had a ton of fun and... You could read, and I think I read it almost in a single sitting. I think it was, I stopped to eat dinner and then went back to it and finished it up that evening. But you could feel his love for the character in his writing. And he was, yeah. you know, it, it made you excited. Like, just reading the script. And I don't know if that's how, I've read a few scripts here and there, but I'm not well-versed in movie scripts. I've read some of the real big ones, like Psycho and uh, Pulp Fiction, things like that. But I don't know how often people write in that voice where he's like, Oh, and then, um, exterior day by the woods, we see a hulking fucking monster of a badass who's about yeah. to run out and fuck shit up. And I mean, it read like that in the script and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah. cool. Also some I, reaction shots where like, uh, and then someone is standing behind her. Oh fuck. What's that? And right. like, <laughs> he, he just, he just goes right into it and he's, he's totally into it. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it read so well. And the story just to kind of summarize a little bit, it really does deal with what made Friday the 13th, uh, great. The first couple outings, because to be honest, there's only a few Friday the 13th movies where it's camp counselors at a camp. 
for the most part, um, you know, we get into house parties and around the lake. And by the time we get to the eighth one, we've got on a boat and then in Manhattan, um, Jason goes to hell is all over the place. To be fair, they made eight of these movies in the span of 10 years, which is just impressive. You know, the same way that I think about or, or I used to think about when the Saw franchise was really at its prime. It's like, oh, Halloween's here. We're going to get another Saw movie. That's <laughs> yeah, just exactly. how it works. In the 80s, I'm sure a lot of people were like, well, here comes another Friday the 13th movie because that's just the way that things are going to go on forever and ever and ever. But this was, I like that he brought it back to the camp and it, and it dealt with camp counselors. Yeah, and I think, I think it's a reboot, right? I, yeah, I think if yeah. I remember, it's, it's a completely fresh start. Yeah, they were they were attempting to start it all over again, and you've got Jason seems really scary. As far as physical presence, excuse me, he seems really scary as far as his physical presence in in and around all of these people. And I liked uh, that a lot of the the killing, at least like the first big big murder scene, took place during the day. I think it's all during the day almost. I think well, no, I thought like the the one kid got killed in the woods at night after him and the girl parted ways. Yeah, but that's off screen, and that's the first killing that happens off screen. We don't, we, yeah. we never see him killed. He like, he he moves off, and then we we hear that she that the other she girl she hears, hears like some a scream steps. or something. Yeah, yeah, some steps. And and then the the first killing on screen is on the on the slide, I think, and that yeah. happens during the day, and then it's all daylight. It, it it never gets to night again because we're all through, or maybe at. No, I think it stays during no, the I, I day. No, I think it stays, it's, yeah, during the day almost the entire time. And even I loved the, the sequence where um, they first go to the other side of the lake where the I think it was like the groundskeeper, the janitor, somebody who's like, yeah, I'll take you over there. We can go see this old place. And they're, they're walking and they, they can hear something in the tree line following them. Like the steps are almost mimicking their steps. And I'm like, man, yeah. that would have made for a really cool effect. Like can't yeah. see anything. But you see these steps. But by this time, and I think what would have made it so great in the day is this isn't a movie where you have to hide the villain forever. We know who Jason Voorhees is. Yeah. You know going into Friday the 13th, you're going to see a guy in a hockey mask chopping people up and murdering things. And some of the death sequences were good. I, I like that. I mean, Jason was just brutally, brutally murdering people. Yeah. And I also... Um in in a different way than we're used to. Usually, it's always like the the one chop and done. In right. in most of the Friday movies, maybe something a bit more creative, like when he. But it's always like he's dead right away. There, there's never someone who survives. And here, they they go more realistic. Like the first kill, he's dead right away when he slides down the slide and slides right into. Well, I the thought ma he machete. even. They said he was trying to climb his way back up, though. Even after he was cut, he was trying to backwards. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, he's pretty much he, dead he, right away. He, yeah, but but then we get, like I thought when when we get to, okay, let, let me get to that sequence right away. There's this big sequence where basically, I think we've got like seven main characters, seven kids. Yeah, something like that. Two, two of them are off somewhere, um, uh, fixing stuff. One is on the slide and dies right away, and then we got four left. And they all fight Jason together right at that point. Yeah. And they're trying th to figure it out we've because they, seen. they even say like they're trying to keep cabins in between themselves and Jason. Like he'll go yeah. around the back of one and they'll try and scoot around the front to uh to avoid him, you know, detecting them, figuring out where they're at. Yeah. But you're right, they um they kind of work collectively 
don't want to leave anybody behind, but unfortunately, Jason's just Jason. And, and they, they say we got to stay together, and they stay together all the time. Like, they, there's never a way they split up in the end at that point. They, they split up before when nothing happens. But right. after, after Jason appeared, they never split up. They, they have two who left before, so they are coming back later. But they ne- and that's something we've never seen in these movies, that they actually stick together and fight together. It's always one-on-one, but here it's actually it's kind of a weak comparison maybe, but uh, in the um, Avengers, uh, in the newest Avengers movie, when they fight, um, uh, what's his name? Thanos. There's, there's one point where the first time we see the Avengers all fight together, where they really... Each one has something to do at the same time, and they fight this one guy on oh, his own Oh, yeah, you're planet. talking about when they're on, um, I think they were on Titan. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And they're all fighting him together. Usually it's always like there's five people, and each of them is beating someone up. And here it's really, and that's the same that happened here, where they're to, there are four people, and they try to work together to get him to, to beat him. They still don't manage, which makes uh, Jason look even more stronger than, right. uh, than in the other movies. And um, what I like is that at that scene, he beats up at least two or three of them. And I thought two were dead. But then they come back because they were just hit once and are not dead right away. But I actually, okay. And Jason, and, uh, it sounds like in this, Jason moves pretty quick. Like he can, he can sprint a little bit. Yeah, he he's, sprints. He, yeah, he's not just, he's not just stuck in his, his slow walk and then just appears in there. But they did bring in the supernatural elements. But I thought that would have been a cool sequence to see on screen when he was in the lake. Yeah. Because um, he sees the, the girl or he hears her. She distracts him. Doesn't she? Yeah. Wasn't she yelling from the floating raft? And I she ends so, up distracting yeah. him. Um, but you get Jason. Actually, you see he can breathe underwater and all this stuff. Maybe not even breathe. He's, I don't know. He's dead. Whatever the case may yeah. be. But he's able to walk underwater and go out get her and i thought that would have been cool she's swimming as hard as she can but unfortunately like bruce jason just can swim faster than you or walk underwater faster than you i don't know (laughs) um but my favorite thing about this whole script was the the end of the third act this climax sounded like it would have just been nuts and it's just what i wanted you you mean when uh, when they actually get to the cop station and Jason- when they get to yeah I don't think they were at the cop station because it sounds like they were just on Main Street and they see Jason getting put and the way he killed Jason was pretty good um, he slams a, a I think he had like a fire poker and like puts it in Jason's eye and it comes out the back of his head when they're in yeah. the because uh, they end up at this lady's house and then they end up with cops in town. And they see, they, they're asking, like, is he dead? Is he dead? And they're like, oh, this dude's as dead as he could be. And they put him in the, um, like, I, I'm assuming, like, an ambulance of sorts. Jason's yeah. on the gurney. They put him in the back. You see it drive away slowly. And I'm, I'm assuming in my head, like, I picture this happening in the background while these people are talking. Then all of a sudden the van just hits a, a telephone pole. Yeah, exactly. Gears off. I hope it would happen in the background. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it happens in the background, and then out of nowhere, the back door just blows off, and there's Jason with a bone saw. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, w- one thing you forgot is that they also shoot half his face off with a shotgun. Right. Yeah, and he's still <laughs> so, able to live. <laughs> yeah, he should be dead, but no, he doesn't care. And and, and yeah, we, we see Jason come out with this bone saw, and then all hell just breaks loose. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they explain him just like walking and just mowing people down with this bone saw, just like cutting limbs off and and just aiming towards these 
these kids. Like that's his his yeah. goal. Yeah, and he's he's killing. I think. 10 cops or something. Yeah. It's, it's something we usually don't see in these movies as well, is that there is authority, there are authority people and they still can't do anything. Right. We, we got that a little bit with the first Nightmare on Elm Street where the authority is super shitty. Like they can't do it. Also, he's supernatural and in dreams, so it's kind right. of different. No one believes them. Here, a whole, like they, they could send the army in the next movie. And yeah. just go like all out on this because the cops actually see the bad guy and see what's happening, which which makes it I don't it 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 kind of makes it better to me than just it all happens at the at the lake and then we gotta imagine how how the the girl told the people what happened like after the first okay the, the first movie makes sense but after the second uh friday the 13th movie there there's one or two survivors what are they telling the cops there's there's right. no no corpse nothing so what are they telling the cops what happened there someone came well, and killed them all but uh, <laughs> and it was a guy with a hockey mask and then we tried to kill him and he survived everything here the cops actually see jason and uh right just yeah, die. They, they actually know um i mean there's no way to deny it they they understand they've got a body and they see this body come back to life and start murdering people and we the the movie wraps up we actually get i think they were both alive both of the final girls there was yeah. two girls that were alive at the end, and uh, but we get a post credit scene, which, man, I would have loved to have seen this. So the post credit scene is we see Crystal Lake covered in snow, and then you see, I think it was boot prints, Jason's boot prints walking through the snow. So we know he's still alive, but can you imagine a Friday the 13th in the winter? How good all that blood would look against the white snow? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I just I really like this, and yeah. I'm kind of so, bummed. Like I hope one day we get a get a reboot, but who knows? Yeah. So I I want to get into what I didn't like about the script because oh, yeah, there please. were a few things. Uh, like they 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 decided to set the the original killings in the 60s, and I mm -hmm. think they kind of based the original movie in the 60s. Like the original movie happened right in in this one. So this they, no, the original one was still in the eighties, but Jason as a kid was in the sixties. Yeah, like no, fifty nine. I think it was even late fifties. Did, didn't they even say like then uh, his uh, spoilers for the first movie for anyone who hasn't seen? But don't they say that uh, his mother then comes and kills everyone? Yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. They do acknowledge that that yeah. had happened at the lake. Yeah, and uh, so this movie is still set in the eighties, and but it. Like, he didn't write it as set in the 80s. The characters were all completely behaving like they would in a 2000s movie. Right. And he, so he, and that kind of annoyed me because they, they were saying things in a way that people in the 80s would never talk. At least. And to be, I mean, to be fair, it was the first draft of the script. So some of, of that, of you course. know, maybe he just wanted to get the, like, most first drafts is just that core story. I just need a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then you can go back and kind of tweak those characters a little bit. But I do get where you're coming from. Yeah, that that, that was what what kind of uh, I I forgot that it was set in the '80s most of the time because it just it didn't feel '80s at all. Right. And uh, I I think that was my only major complaint. I I love the deaths. I love the characters. We haven't talked about the characters really, but. It, it helps that he has a little overview with what the characters right. are. They're still your stereotypes, but I think he went with them in a 
like I I wouldn't have guessed who survives. Oh I, no, yeah, they and they were all a lot of fun. I thought yeah. the interactions were good between the characters. It, it is something I man, we'll just never see it, but it's cool that you have the ability to read it and and hear the or at least get an idea of what he was going for. Yeah, with the story, P- people should check it out. It's it's online. Uh, search for unreleased. Uh, Jason script maybe yeah Friday know. the thirteenth part thirteen Nick um, and Oscar A N T O S C A and I just downloaded it on my iPad and just read it that way yeah I had it on my phone I read it all on my phone on <laughs> nice <laughs> on the train but it was super cool so check that out yeah it's a it's and a good time yeah b- before we end the podcast I we we sometimes read the reviews that we got. And oh, we yeah. got a review before we went on a little break, but we never oh, read okay. it. So I just want to, because we got one German review. Well, it is in English, but it's on the German iTunes, because for some reason iTunes is regionally Region specific. Yeah. And so um, the, the review uh, reads, International House of Awesome, five stars, <laughs> by nice. Temborella. Temborella. Um, and then the review says, what more to say, instant fan, recommend, can't wait for more. Wow, so well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and I'm trying to pull it up right now to see if there's anything on the, because honestly, I, I haven't I looked. checked earlier, uh, there, there's nothing new. We got 17 okay. reviews still, so. Uh, but yeah, yeah if I, you can uh, jump onto Apple Podcasts, just uh, throw that rate and review, that would be, that would be amazing. That would be awesome, yeah. Yeah, so, also, go yeah, ahead. We're, we're now, uh, you, you can find the podcast anywhere, even on Spotify, which I still think it's kind of crazy because Spotify was always like, that's the big place to get with your podcast. <laughs> right, but right. I think now it's a lot more easier. <laughs> more accessible. But yeah, you can yeah. really find this podcast anywhere. Anywhere yeah. you can get a podcast, you can find this. Um, so leave those written reviews. And like I said, get into contact with us. Give us, a, give us a topic to talk about. If there's something you're like, hey, I want to hear what you want to or what you guys think about that. Throw that out there and let us know. You can Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of your big three social media outlets. You can contact us. There's the email. You can contact directly through there, which I think is ihohpodcast at Gmail. I think so, yeah. Okay, we should probably know that, but who cares? We'll figure <laughs> it out. At some point, we will, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be back um, next week with uh, another episode for you. Maybe we'll go through the um, our second tier. We'll start thinking about some of those characters. I had a lot of fun with that. And all kinds of uh, more awesome, scary stuff from uh, Spooksville, from Scary Town <laughs> is where we'll be. From the Mecca of Horror. <laughs> right. The Sanctuary of Spooky. I like it. <laughs> So, for the International House of Horrors, I have been Joe Morrow. And I have been Josh. And we will be back next week for lots of more scary, fun, terrifying, horrible things for your ear holes. (laughs) 